Hello and a warm welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. This week, my guest is Pippa Campbell. She's an amazing functional nutrition and weight loss practitioner. She's a nutrigenomics specialist and she has got so many years experience when it comes to women's health and hormonal health. And she is the perfect guest on this episode to talk about everything to do with skin and hormones. We talk a little bit about menopause, perimenopause, PMS, PMDD. So I know you are absolutely going to love it. And just to let you know that I've just put a date out for a brand new two hour Zoom face yoga workshop. So it's in September and it is going to be an amazing opportunity for you just to take two hours for yourself to lift and firm the face. We're going to be working with facial exercises, facial massage, acupressure, and I'm super excited because I'm going to bring in some gorgeous sound healing as well. As many of you know, I've recently done my qualification as a crystal ball sound healer. So sound healing is such an amazing way just to get deeper into a state of relaxation and really heal at a cellular level. So it's going to be face yoga with crystal ball sound healing. And the date is Saturday, the 17th of September at four o'clock BST. That's British summertime. And it's £55 for the workshop. And you'll get a full recording of the workshop afterwards, which you can use as many times as you like. And don't worry if you think, oh, I can't do that date, but I still want to do it. Just book and you will be sent your recording within 48 hours after I've done the workshop. So you can sit and enjoy it in your own time. Okay, let's get into this week's episode with the lovely Pippa Campbell. Pippa, a warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Thank you for coming on today. Oh, How are you doing? You. Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. I'm really excited to talk to you as well. We have spent a bit of time together, haven't we? Because I came on your membership and I talked a little bit about face yoga. And, and they loved that. Faces. Did they? Good. Yeah, they absolutely loved that. And I've had people saying since, because obviously people watch it after the recording, that people are now incorporating it and doing it. And I'm trying to practice a couple of things as well, which um, some of them are quite difficult. I can see how it can really improve, you know, the aesthetics as well and where I clench my jaw. So I'm working on it too. It was brilliant. Amazing. And what you do ties in so nicely with what I do. And actually, from a personal point of view, I've been delving into what you offer as well. Just had a diagnosis of PMDD, which is actually super empowering for me, super empowering. And I really realised for a long time that not even I realised it because I'm so good at my self-care techniques that actually I was able to really keep it on the download. It's only a couple of times a year that it sort of would really come up. But actually, just having that diagnosis is just made me go okay so now is the well time. exactly and I think the thing is because you because you're so good with self-care and you're really good with you know I mean so much so many things are uh, triggered by stress I'm not saying that's necessarily always the root cause but cause but triggered that sense that bucket you know overflowing and because you're so good with all of that self-care then perhaps you in fact you might have sought out a diagnosis sooner but because you were already you know trying to empty that bucket and wasn't as bad as had someone else who wasn't doing these self-care things then actually it's taken maybe longer to um seek that out so it's great that you actually now understand why which is almost part of that it's like oh yeah 
because you understand now what it is. But actually, what we need to do now is delve into it a little bit more and really look at the nitty gritty of the hormones. Exactly. So I'm going through your website and doing a Dutch test. So I'm literally um, weeing on my piece of paper every yeah, morning yeah, yeah, and doing that. Mine. Have you? And uh, just doing that, you know, every day. And yeah. hopefully then I can start to see what's happening with my hormones. And actually, if everything is really balanced and normal, if there's such a thing as normal with my hormones, then I know actually it's a sensitivity. To hormones because I, I understand from what people tell me that that can be the case as well but Absolutely. I feel like there might be some things that are yes out it's of never just one thing I mean yeah. with, PM, with PMDD um there can be two areas so it can it can be of a, a sensitivity to progesterone uh it can be too much can mm-hmm. be you know I often see in the Dutch testing just too much progesterone which was is less of a um a common thing normally we see more estrogen doesn't mean that you're not estrogen dominant so of course all our hormones do work together so it's never just one thing but yes you can be too sensitive to progesterone too much progesterone and that sometimes ties in with more of an androgenic profile which of course we will be doing the full you know um, questionnaire and I'll be talking through in the consultation when we go through your Dutch but also there is this um, thing called progesterone metabolism or detoxification. Now, this is something that people, they think, what do you mean detoxification of a hormone? But this is also really important because everything we eat, breathe, touch, smell, including our own hormones, needs to be detoxified. And this is something which so many people think, really? I thought we just, just want more of it. We just want lots. <laughs> and it just swims around and it just kind of does, it goes there. But we do need to eliminate it. And some people with PMDD just do not detoxify their progesterone very well. Now, a more common picture we see is PMS, which mm-hmm. is more to do with Eastern dominance. I'm not saying you don't have that because you mm-hmm. can have a combination of both. PMDD is the absolute extreme and you know I've had clients that they can't function and it can be two weeks you know it will be normally occur after day 14 because that's when after ovulation and our ovulation then gives us that surge to trigger that release of progesterone and it can get worse and worse as we get closer to towards um, getting our period the first day of bleed you know, that's where we want to really delve in. And we'll be looking at great things. You're doing the cycle map and we're going to be looking at the whole month because there would be no point looking at just a day or a snapshot in time because there might be something going on like Eastern dominance in the first half of the cycle that would then be triggering too much progesterone, for example. So it, it's just great to see that whole picture. And that's why, you know, I like for cycling women, I like to see the whole month because mm-hmm. I think otherwise we are just looking at a little bit of a snapshot in time. Exactly. I completely agree. And did you go through your own journey with hormones? And is this what actually got you into the work that you do now? Yeah, one of the major things. So it was gut issues and hormones. From the age I, I mean, I got my periods when I was 12, which was quite young, Mm, considering I was completely flat chested Mm -hmm. as well, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like, possibly. So, and I was getting my periods every two weeks. Mm. So I didn't know at the time that that was already a symptom of estrogen dominance. So I actually just had too much estrogen and later find out not only too much, too much, but I also didn't detoxify that estrogen very well as well. So, you know, what back in the day, look, I'm I'm 49 now. You know, no one had heard of estrogen dominance. It wasn't a thing at all. What did the doctors know what to do apart from put me on the pills so that then um, it regulates the periods? 
So that's what happened. So I went on the pill, but I was getting a bleed, not like where some people go on the pill and they're not getting the bleed. Then I did. Um, and, you know, you came off for sort of that week. Um, and that did regulate my periods because that's the only way you know, we know. Now, of course, when this happened with my daughter, who's now 19, of course, I knew what to do straight away. And she didn't have to go on the pill because I knew sort of food wise and supplements what to do about it. And within three months, regular periods. So but that was all we knew. We knew what to do. Now, the problem is then by the age of 19, then I was getting the most horrific PMT. Now, Look, we could say we could blame the pill for it a little bit. Who who knows? But I think there was definitely a genetic predisposition there. Um, and I can see that because I've done DNA testing and my daughter's, so I can see sort of similar genetic profiles. But my PMT was so bad, I only just about did my managed to do my finals at university. It's slightly different. So for some people, PMT, you know, they might get really bad pains or come up in spots or, you know, sore boobs. I would literally from day 14 feel completely spaced out. I felt dizzy almost shaky, like imbalanced blood sugars. I felt like a whole, like really cloudy, foggy headed. I just could not make decisions. So like a lot of women talk about brain fog when they go into say perimenopause and menopause, this was real brain fog, massive brain fog. Um, I had sore back and, and really bad look, neck pain as well. So it was a very different type of experience for me, but for someone else, it might be acne, it might be cysts, it might be fibroids, it might be endometriosis, it might be um, sore boobs, painful periods, you know, everyone is different. Okay. So those were my symptoms. Uh, I then sought out um, someone, I think my mother took me to someone in Harley Street who gave me natural progesterone suppositories because in there, in, in those days, so the, the theory was I, I can't have, I mustn't um, have enough progesterone. So that can be, you know, a thing, but less common. It's more common when you get into perimenopause and then you're getting PMT then. It didn't make any difference because that was not my problem. I think, you know, I, I, I'm I pretty sure I had plenty of progesterone. It was not my problem. Had I done a Dutch test then, oh my goodness, it would have been, you know, if it was a thing, I would have understood. So that was not my problem. I just had too much estrogen and couldn't detoxify my estrogen. So it wasn't till years later that I managed to sort it out by well, when I became a metabolic balance coach, actually through diet, I really, really improved things. And I think a lot of it was eating more um, green leafy vegetables, cru cruciferous vegetables, which helps us detoxify our estrogen. Um, so it's got a powerful enzyme um, called sulforaphane. And then it was actually seeing a nutritional therapist. And then she explained what it was and said, right, on top of the diet, you're going to be doing this, but we're going to layer on some um, you know, supplements as well. And first cycle, it went completely all my symptoms. Wow. And how old were you I know. Then? How old was I then? So that was in my, gosh, so that was uh, 20s. So, um, yeah, that was bef just before having children, really. Okay. So, yeah. And it wow. wasn't then. So then it was after I had children because it wasn't long then away. It wasn't until after I had children then I decided to requalify myself and and go down this route and then I, I mean I'm constantly learning I'm with the Institute of Functional Medicine and it's just it's an ongoing learning process and um you know it's just really understanding why women you know have these hormonal symptoms you know we can we can guess and symptoms are hugely important so not everyone can afford to do testing. I appreciate that. So we can go by symptoms as well. But of course, we do want women to maybe use something like the Flow app and really write down on the different days what they're feeling, because that's really helpful for us. 
but you know there's something that can be done about it and mm. so many women are suffering so I was suffering for years you know and um of course then when it came to my daughter she didn't have to suffer I was like zapped it straight away um so she never got to that point and then she even said to me the other day she goes what's P- what is what actually is PMT or PMS what, what is it mm. and I went well, you know, if you're asking that question, seriously, you, you, I mean, you don't have a problem. You know? yeah, so, yeah. Um, but she could well have done. So, you know, the, yes, it was my own journey that led me into, you know, training to do what I do, because it's so powerful to understand why things are happening and that we can do something about it naturally. And it is very unfortunate that it's not something um, our, you know, just going to our GP, they will be able to do something about it's also eastern dominance is not a medical term Mm. so i mean there are doctors of course that are functionally medicine trained and doctors and and they get the whole thing and in america actually there is a lot of that there are a lot of doctors that also functionally medicine trained but it's not a very uk thing Um, so unfortunately the average gp can't necessarily help because it is you know they are going to be putting sticky tape over the problem and normally that is something like the pill or for some women it as they get older it might be the marina coil for example and what's your opinion on the the pill the coil hrt i mean i know that's a big loaded question yeah. but generally in your experience have you seen that that can be helpful or in almost all cases do you find that it's better to go more down a natural self-care route well, in terms of the pill, I'm I'm not a huge fan of it mm-hmm. at all because it can really mess up the hormones, really, really mess up the hormones. I know because obviously I was on the pill. So I've seen how it can mess up the hormones and it can really deplete nutrients, particularly mm-hmm. B6 or all B vitamins, actually. Um, so anyone on the pill that's listening, you know, get taking B6 or a good B complex and you want to be able to help detoxify that pill as well. But so I'm not a huge fan of the pill. I think the Mirena coil, again, is sometimes it's just that's all the doctors can do because women might be getting really heavy periods. Mm-hmm. So that's what they have to. I mean, I'm not a, necessarily a huge fan of that either, but, it, you know, it, 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 you know, it can change a woman's life if she is bleeding very heavily. Morenicol is progestin. It's a synthetic form of progesterone and it, it, it is released into the womb. So it protects the womb lining, but it stops generally stops people's periods or at least they're very light. Um, but again, that how that works is it usually, not always, but usually in most cases suppresses ovulation so that then you don't produce the progesterone and then you're not getting that bleed. So of course, then if you're you're suppressing then ovulation and you're not producing your own progesterone, you can then get negative symptoms and maybe protecting the lining of the womb with the um, synthetic progestin but progesterone is also great for for the brain and and of course and if you're not producing your own progesterone you know progesterone is brilliant for um, anxiety and sleep and relaxation and it helps with water retention so you could still be getting all these other symptoms but just protecting the lining of the womb so progesterone does way more you know mm-hmm. way more way more than that that's why women in perimenopause when they're the first hormone to drop is progesterone, mm-hmm. usually, and they can start being quite anxious. Mm-hmm. They're less resilient to stress. They start not sleeping very well or just waking up a couple of times in the night. And it can be quite subtle, so they're not always aware of it. And especially it can happen 10 to 15 years before actual menopause. So, you know, it's not always um, something that women are aware of. When it comes to HRT, again, that can be life changing mm-hmm. for so many women. So I'm not against HRT. I just wish that 
more natural types of HRT and different forms were um, on offer to all women. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it depends on your postcode, what you get given, how good your GP is. I went to a lecture the other day by um, a doctor and she's a private doctor and she prescribes HRT, but also likes a sort of holistic route as well. So we'll sort of combine. You don't get many like that. So she likes herbals and things. And she doesn't like the gels, doesn't like the patches and things. You know, there's only one type of HRT that she likes that she uses in clinic. So it's like, oh, you know, most women don't get this choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but any woman who is on HRT, especially estrogen, I would want to make sure that they are clearing that estrogen mm-hmm. just like their own estrogen making sure that they're clearing it through to reduce their risk of DNA damage, cysts, fibroids, uh, weight gain. It's a very common one I see with women going in HRT. Um, So estrogen tends to be more of a problem than um, the progesterone. Yes, of course, there are some women who are progesterone sensitive. And funny enough, in those cases, sometimes those women do better on instead of a very small amount of progesterone. But there's research to show that actually if you give a high dose, then they go through that barrier and actually then they feel fine. But again, you know, this would be a private doctor who's probably doing these types of things. So it's really hard. Um, I'm going to actually a hormone symposium in um, Boston. Of course, Mm -hmm. it's America. Um, in September to because I want to understand more of the different mm-hmm. types of whether HRT, bioidentical, but they will also be talking about not just the different types, the pros and cons, but also then the whole um, Eastern metabolism and supporting our clients when they are on HRT. So I'm not against it. No, um, I would have to be myself very careful mm-hmm. because I know I don't detoxify estrogen very well. So if I was to ever uh, take estrogen HRT, I don't need it at the moment because my estrogen is fine. It's Mm -hmm. my progesterone that wasn't very good, which happened last year. So I went into perimenopause just over a year ago, but at the moment I'm dealing with it naturally and I I can and I'm able to, and it's fine. And I've done a Dutch tester before and after I've seen that I have raised my progesterone. So my estrogen was fine, but I've seen that I, and I've done that through naturally through diet and supplements. So it is very possible. And depending on each person is depending on what they need. Agnes Cactus, Vitex can be very useful for women perhaps when they first go into perimenopause or if they're not producing enough progesterone at any stage of their life. But you do have to be ovulating really for that to work. And I don't think I'm really um, ovulating now. So for me, I'm not, that's not working. I don't need that anymore. And that's not working for me. So, so then I'm looking at, you know, other things, but our problem is with perimenopause, things change so quickly. So you need to keep an eye on things and you might always need to be tweaking. Um, so any medication, really, it's like mm-hmm. any medication, anything that you're taking, anything that's exogenous, whether it's your own hormones or something else, you've got to look at, you know, supporting that. What could it be depleting and how can I support detoxification of it? Yeah, that's great advice. And I just something I've really realized, particularly over the last few months, is how many women are suffering when it comes to hormones, cycles, perimenopause, menopause and it's not talked about enough. I've been in the wellness industry for 17 years and it's only been probably in the last two months that I've ever thought to live with my cycle, which is just crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. I mean, even though I do all these self-care techniques, I teach all these self-care techniques, it's only been that everything's now come up to the forefront for me. 
And I'm starting to say, okay, well, maybe I need to start living with my cycle a little bit. And maybe I need to start looking at my hormones. Maybe I need to start understanding my history a little bit, going all the way back to having severe cystic acne as a teenager and then going on the pill at 17 and thinking this is the most amazing thing in the world. My skin's cleared up. Even my boobs have grown a bit. Isn't this amazing? <laughs> you know, those sort of things at 17 I think are amazing. Exactly. And then, you know, at 21, I then had quite severe me which is obviously what led me into my wellness journey and, and and my wellness work that I do now but came off the pill then and I'm sure there was lots then of sort of detoxification that was going on and exactly then so what things, I'm know. sure they are all connected as you say I'm so sure they're connected. connected so connected and you start looking back through your history you know two pregnancies two miscarriages and then hitting 40 now and starting to get a diagnosis of PMDD and am I in perimenopause stage and that's just my journey and I know so many holistic and wellness professionals I work with them all the time on a weekly basis I'm in the wellness industry and I've still gone through a journey that probably I didn't need to go through if I knew the right things if I was living the right way and I guess over the last few months I felt quite a quite a sadness in many ways that there are must be so many women in this country but certainly in other countries definitely in third world countries and developing countries that actually are suffering so badly and suffering mm. needlessly and actually perhaps that if they have got access to medication like the pill or like antidepressants or like the coil or HRT or any of those things that they are being given those but sometimes is that just putting a band-aid over certain things yeah exactly um so it's a huge huge subject. and I always and want to know why you see that's why? You about yeah. the band-aid why? I mean look you've been working on so much I mean you you have to I mean, really, I think you've got to be very grateful and which you are, but mm -hmm. also think well done on everything you have done to turn your health around. Just because mm -hmm. you might have missed a bit of the hormonal aspect. There's so much to our health. And yeah. just think how much worse you hadn't have done everything you've already done. Mm -hmm. Because stress affects, you know, hormones so much when we're in that fight or flight, you know, we're killing a tiger and running away from a tiger. Do you think your body's going to say, oh, I need to make a baby. So let's yes. produce some hormones, you know, so yeah. stress it plays a huge role at any stage of our life on, on hormones. So you've done incredibly well. But yes, there are genetic factors. Whether or not for you and I, the pill might have made things also worse, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I also think, you know, xenoestrogens or these um, toxic estrogens, plastics, you know, in water bottles and skincare, where, you know, us, you know, women are slapping on sort of all sorts of skin products and things, you know, that probably exacerbates things as well. So, you know, and especially when teenagers do have that acne, then they tend to quite often cover it up with then more toxins, you mm -hmm. know, in foundations and things. All prescribed um, by the doctor. I mean, I remember getting prescribed stuff. I don't even know what it was, but having to put it over my face and my mum used to put it all over my back and I had blue bed covers, which got completely bleach white every oh. night. So if you think that it was bleaching yeah. a bed cover from blue to white... That's what quite scary. That into yeah, yeah, what's in there? And then, you know, they're on these sort of things long term, but that's mm -hmm. all they know. But for, for what I do in my practice is, uh, and all the practitioners that work for me, we're always like, why? It's like that child that goes, why? Why? Yeah. Why? So the doctor will be less concerned about the why, but this will stop the symptoms. Yes. Whereas we're looking at, yes, of course, we need to deal with the symptoms, but you won't be able to deal with symptoms properly until you understand the why. So it's yeah. root cause. Functional medicine is all about root cause. It's digging deep to find out why these things are going on in the first place. Let's deal with that and then stop it happening again. So that's that's what we're you know looking at.
Absolutely, I agree. And I know we've only got a short amount of time today. There's so much I want to talk to you about. We and we will again. get you back again. But I would love to just delve just briefly into skin issues. You know, I mentioned about you know having cystic acne when I was a teenager. But lots of women, of course, they come to face yoga and come to lots of holistic techniques that I offer, particularly things that reduce stress and natural skincare, because they are going through all different skin issues, not just acne. Could you just give us a little brief overview about what's often happening with our hormones when we're, menstru- when we're menstruating and getting skin issues as we go into that menopause stage and then post-menopause and sort of any things that you tend to offer that can help people with their skin? Yeah, and I think skin issues are varied. I mean, it's not just hormonal, but of course, some people might see throughout their cycle, then their hormones are triggering it. And again, I think it's quite often due to do with excess estrogen. And then there's that histamine release. So people can get itchy skin, they can get hives and things like that. So that's very common. So yes, during those times, they could reduce his high histamine foods, for example, stay away from fermented foods and things like that just during that time. And that might help. But I think with skin issues, there's often a gut link. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'd be wanting to look, you know, at gut health. And quite often there are infections. You know, look, a probiotic might work for somebody. It might be fantastic. We're eating more fermented foods, for example. But for one other person, that might, you know, trigger things. But there are quite often links with overgrowth of candida and bacterial gut infections as well. Maybe those started in the first place because that person wasn't eating enough of those probiotic foods and prebiotic foods, you know, like the onions, garlic, leeks, asparagus, and all those lovely vegetables, maybe. But, you know, gut, I think, is very much, and leaky gut is very commonly linked with things like eczema and psoriasis. So with eczema and psoriasis, I'm I'm looking at gut quite a lot. There are often some kind of um, infections going on um, and food intolerances. So it could be that they just remove gluten and dairy. Mm-hmm. And wow, all their skin issues go away because those are the most common things that foods that people react to. But often we need to look a little bit um, deeper and um, do a bit more healing, maybe using things like um, L-glutamine powders to heal the gut lining, antimicrobials to get rid of any bacteria and things like that. Um, but I, I do think looking at the gut, so even if it might be triggered by hormonal issues, sometimes there is some sort of gut issue, especially if these women say, oh, yeah, I get a bit bloated as well. Mm-hmm. get a bit constipated or I get then we know there's something else going on absolutely and how about acne how how do you tend to treat that in your clinics if it's hormonal acne it's actually very similar to how I'd be treating then um, PMT mm-hmm. so hormonal acne can be at any age and women often get it even later on but some people have always had it as teenagers and Laura on my team that's uh, her speciality actually she's very good with hormonal acne and it would be exactly the same thing so flushing through that um, excess estrogen eating a lot of those cruciferous vegetables supporting detoxification so it would be most likely um, too much estrogen so estrogen dominance or not clearing the estrogen so of course but we'll you know do question answering in clinic to really understand what's going on but it can be amazing you know just supporting and often with supplements as well sometimes you know magnesium can help a lot of people or a good b complex but we might need to go in and delve a little bit deep targeted sort of supplements but all those kind of cruciferous vegetables and detoxification type vegetables um, can be really useful you know just getting up a sweat as well but normally it'd be producing um it'd be supporting liver detoxification so so that's where estrogen will go through um, the liver and uh, need to support detoxification there 
Absolutely. And then last question, again, sort of skin related. Women that come into your clinics that are going through menopause and then are postmenopausal, um, I imagine that one of the big skin concerns will be dry skin, perhaps dehydrated yes. skin, um, starting to see fine lines and wrinkles. How do you tend to treat that from your functional medicine point of view? Well, again, it depends whether they're on HRT or not and whether we need to actually give their hormones a boost naturally. So that's the root cause. Mm -hmm. um, but also then, you know, that would be good for things like using things like collagen powders. I mean, in my radiant supplement, that's really I've developed that for women um, throughout my age and, and menopause. And it has uh, marine collagen. It has astaxanthin, really powerful anti-wrinkle effects. It's a powerful antioxidant. Um, and yeah, lots of anti antioxidants. And being careful with inflammatory things like um, sugars and alcohol. I'm not saying no one can ever enjoy themselves. I'm just saying choose your vices carefully. But yes, it's, you know, skin elasticity, elasticity does deplete. But what you put into your body is super important as well. And supporting that, you know, hormone production. I do think that seeds are very useful. I do seed cycling. If you're in menopause, you're not getting a period. You can just go by the first day of the month or the moon. I have a blog on my website for seed cycling. So that's where you'll cycle between um, flax seeds and um, pumpkin seeds and then sesame seeds and sunflower seeds ground yeah. every day. And they can make a huge difference as well. That's great. I've just started doing the trees. Yeah. Yes, do. Yeah. Brilliant. Do I'm doing that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not grinding yeah. down my pumpkin and sunflower, though. I try to chew them a lot, but I really just love sort of eating them. Is that OK? Or do you really need to grind them down every time? I probably would, even if you okay. put it just in a smoothie, actually, yeah. I probably okay. would. And then even if your blender is quite powerful, can grind yeah. them down. Yeah, I probably would because like sesame seeds are quite tough. Okay, and yeah, they, they don't are. really because what you want is um, you want the oils that are, are within the tough outer shell. That's yes. where you, you want to access that. So I probably would grind them down or put them in a powerful blender and, you know, maybe have it in a smoothie or something. You can still put Great. them on your food as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's good to grind them down. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I know you've got to dash off. Maybe before you leave, you could just share maybe your top tip for relaxation, top tip for feeling good. What would that be? Well, I think actually a lot of what you're doing with the breathing, um, I honestly think women need to be reminded all the time. Look, we can diet is super important. I think protein is very important for people who are stressed because they deplete um, their amino acids and B vitamins. So I think protein at each meal. But I think just everyone remember to do that, you know, breathing every hour, not just yeah. once a week, every hour. You're so right. I agree. That my top tip as well. I would completely yes. <laughs> agree. So what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. And it's Pippa Campbell Health. If people want to contact you online and Instagram, is that that's, right? That's right. Yes, that's right. Wonderful. Pippa, thank you so much. Aww. We must have you back again. I'd love oh, I'd to love come to. back and go deeper into things. It'd be great to chat to you more as well. I know I've done we could my chat Dutch for test. hours. We could. Well, we could. Well, I look forward to that. Get in touch. Yeah, we'll go through your Dutch. Do. That'd be amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you, Pippa. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Care. Bye. 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 So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.